welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of The Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I am your host and joining me on the show this week, we have a very special guest. You normally hear him on our monthly ramblings, but today he's here as an extra special guest. It's Rab Ferguson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It feels special being on one of the author interviews. It is. That is why you are here today, not just as a friend, but as an author as well. Yes, you have just released a brand new book, The Landfield Mountains. Your debut is out there in the world. But we are going to give you the uh, the full author treatment here. So that means we get to know a little bit more about you. So do you want to tell us uh, how you got into writing and a little bit of your journey up to now? I think um, I think I started writing because I saw uh, online when I was young, there was, there was uh, a man who did something called Nano Tales, where he wrote stories and they had to be under 50 words. And that was very appealing to me because you had to try and try and get these very quick stories out there. So I, I started writing some of them and I enjoyed it a lot. So I started writing more and more. I wasn't someone who was, uh, English wasn't necessarily my best subject or anything at that point in school. Though I loved reading. I was, a, I was a big reader. And so I kind of developed up in length of story you know so that started with 50 words then started doing doing short stories um, and I wrote short stories for a long time before, before I even approached writing the book uh, this was the the first sort of full length thing I've, I've ever written was Landfill Mountains uh, I spent at least it must be sort of 15-16 years writing short stories um, and I went and studied writing at university and, and did lots of short stories and little bits of poetry as well and I, I really liked that I learned that way so I think there's there's certain lessons you learn from writing short stories, particularly in, in making the language sound the way you want it to, that can then be applied when you write something longer. Yeah, because I did see somewhere that you have actually got some um, bits of poetry out there already sort of published in sort of like um, small sort of poetry sort of zines, as it were. I think there was one that's about a fox in a city. Um, and then there was another one which it's gone off the top of my head. But you do have obviously a love for poetry. And you've mentioned definitely more poetry stuff in our sort of monthly book chats. So I wonder if that sort of small format, like when was the first transition of being like dipping your toes into the big pool of actual full length novels, apart, you know, in exception to these sort of smaller short fiction poetry style stuff? Just on the note of the uh, the fox in the city, that was that was a wonderful thing. That was uh, that poem was based on a true story about a, a fox that lived at the top of the Shard Building in London, which uh, and the builders called him Romeo, which is a lovely romantic thing for the builders to call him. So uh, that fox eventually was um, was was captured and then released at the bottom, and apparently he ran off down the street and then looked over his shoulder at uh, at the Shard behind him and disappeared in, into London. So that's a wonderful true story that. I think the very first time I had a I had a go at writing something longer, I had was was trying to write something set in York, uh, a very a very real life story. It was um, a novel about a, a man who broke into houses and just looked at things but didn't steal anything. Uh, and that it was an interesting idea, but it never quite worked. 
And I did a few things like that before I wrote Landfill Mountains. And, and what my mistake was, was I was trying very much to write something very real because I, I felt like that's what I should do to be proper and arty. But then instead, once I was like, I'm going to really let my imagination go and, and set something in a slightly magical and futuristic landscape that's very different to our own lives and, and just play in the imagination. That was suddenly when, when I had enough to fill a book. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's more than enough to fill this book. Actually, The Landfill Matters, let's get onto it proper because it's amazing little debut you got your hands on there. Um, the story itself is effectively one that it's almost like a, it's a warning. It's a forewarning. It's almost a, sort of like that sort of prophecy, which I'm thinking like the witch's prophecies and Demeter going to speak to the, the witch about her, her prophecies and her visions, a vision of what the future could be. Because for all of those who's listening, if you haven't checked out the book already through our various ramblings on our monthly book chats, The Landfill Mountains is a story about um, Joe. Uh, and Joe, effectively, he's living in the future where the the tallies of uh, global warming and what we're basically doing to the planet by basically chucking away a a heap of rubbish every, away each year has basically caused it to basically corrode and people are now living effectively in these sort of like landfill sort of like societies where literally their days are spent scavenging through the landfills to find stuff that they can give to the drifters to just make enough money or to trade for food basically it's even it's not even money it's just a, a simple bartering system but joe still sees the twinkling lights of the city what is madeira where they used to live but now it's just called the city and he just he's got that wanderlust you know it, i remember the the thing where he's lying there with uh, sonia and they look up at the moon and he's just like well you just want to just go to the moon just because you could if you could well you just want to go and see what it's like and so he spends a lot of time discovering what it is that he's after in life, what he's missing, and ultimately his purpose when he gets to the, the city and the ramifications beyond without giving away too much. But uh, it's quite an interesting story to sort of take face value as that. I think a lot of people would be like, wow, that's quite a heavy subject. How did you find approaching it? Because it is effectively talking about the doom and gloom of human civilization. It's really interesting when you're writing a book about climate change, particularly one for teenagers, because you're right, it, it's a topic that is very doom and gloom. And I, people sometimes talk about writing about things like climate change to raise awareness. But actually with teenagers at the moment, you don't need to raise awareness. They're already very, very aware of the risks of climate change. So I wanted to write something that, that did include that danger and, and, and the, the very difficult way the world might end up, but with a spark of hope in it as well. So the idea of people living in this very difficult future, but they do survive and they are resilient. And it shows how even in the worst situation, humans have ways of, of making do. And I guess a big part of that as well was by writing about the future, you're always writing about now. And, you know, now there are people who, who live and survive off landfills, but also now the effects of climate change that are taking place, that they're affecting people, the longer it goes on, the more the more people's lives will be changed by this. So by putting it into the future, it kind of lets you take it out of the present. So you lose all the context that's going on at the moment. So you can actually talk about it clearly and, and have a conversation about climate change. It's not bogged down by, by people's kind of personal politics or anything, um, but, but gets that thing of, okay, this is where we might end up. And it also by putting it in the future, it lets you have a think about, well, what will people in the future think of us? If they don't, if we don't change how things are and we don't make a difference on climate change. That's why why the rubbish in the landfill was a really interesting thing to write about, because they're surviving from the waste that we throw away. So 
we're sort of in the book, but we're only in the book as the as the civilization that's kind of just gone before. Yeah, it's quite terrifying to think that sometimes, you know, long after we're gone, some of the stuff we have touched and we have used, we will throw away and it's going to survive hundreds of years potentially into the future. I know stuff like some plastics and stuff, they just don't degrade. They'll still be here. Eons are after us, you know, you know, very interesting in that regard. But there's something you, you mentioned there, which I found really fascinating as well when I was looking at the book. And that's effectively the sort of the then to now. Um, Joe has a lot of like pent up anger at his sort of like dad for basically his what he what he sees is inaction when the crisis first hit, you know, staying in the city and hoping things would get better and ultimately where they ended up because of it. Um, but it's interesting. Also, we have a sort of a polar opposite idea of this, which is granddad. And granddad sort of paints this through his beautiful stories and stories are so powerful throughout all of this. We see them in numerous chapters where the stories help us understand them understanding the world before because it's through the old people who lived through it and they remember the time before they give these stories in such beautiful ways it's almost harking back to the i almost want to say cave people around the fire trying to understand how we came about before we understood you know dna and and whatnot and sort of like uh, evolution the idea of these stories becoming trying to make sense of what is so i wondered like did you always anticipate sort of having stories within stories and that sort of that sense of because they're timeless we've always told stories ever since we've been human so was that there to sort of project us into the future as we are now or was it there just because the inspiration and the stories just naturally flowed from you it was very inspired the the stories within stories by the arabian nights so yeah, the the one thousand one nights stories. There's there's so the big cover frame for it is that it's um, the story being told to the king to to prevent the princess being being executed um, before the um, next night, and she always survives one more night by telling one more story. And then in her stories, there's often a character will get into a a situation or a scrape and and be captured, and then the only way to get out of that will be telling a story that in some way saves them. So there's always these layers of stories. And in, in Lanthorn Mountains, I didn't even take it as far as it is in the 1001 Nights, where it's just stories on top of stories on top of stories. So I always knew I liked that layering and thought it could really bring an interesting idea to a book, particularly when stories start to affect the the top level world, so the world that, that uh, is, is the real world of the, of the book. And I was very interested in thinking about that idea that I mentioned before of how we'll be looked back on. So the way Joe kind of looks at his father, that's one way of very angry and kind of blaming. But then stories is another way that we look back on the past. And in the Landfill Mountains, our time becomes part of that generic past that folktales tend to be setting. So often often in, in old stories or stories set about around the past, different bits of the past kind of merge and, and you get things popping up that wouldn't necessarily be set at the same time. So it's quite interesting to think about a future where our time is one of those times in the generic past that kind of merges together into one whole, the past. Yeah, it's a very interesting way of doing it. I think it's also a really engaging way because 
as a, as a reader listening it's almost like you're one of the, the the townspeople when they sit down to listen to granddad tell a story you can actually just let yourself be immersed in his recounting of this this fable this tale and it also adds quite a few nice little easter eggs for later on obviously you know the the boy who learned fear uh, the witch and the prince you know there's certain things that just slowly unravel themselves over the course of like any good story that come to fruition at the end. And I won't say anything more about that because uh, spoilers, obviously, but uh, I did want to just ask how you felt. Um, obviously it's a debut. It's been a mad sort of time to have a debut, uh, but obviously we're not in lockdown currently. So you're able to hopefully enjoy it a little bit more. I just want to know from you, what's it like to know that obviously when this podcast goes live, these good people can pretty much grab their hands on a copy of your book and read it instantly. It's going to be there for them to enjoy. How's that feel? It's a lovely feeling. And it's nice knowing it'll be in a few different bookshops. So it's nice knowing that kind of thought of, oh, it, you know, it could be in a bookshop. Someone could wander into a Waterstones and, and it might be there and they pick up the shelves or they might, um, you can go in and you can order it in if it's one it's not in. And the idea of someone doing that's really nice. I felt it particularly, it's one of those things where it doesn't feel quite real at first, but I felt it particularly when, I got a like a consignment of the books to sign. I, 250 came to my house, um, of which 230 for, were for me to sign and send back to the publisher. Because if you order direct from Onway, you can get a signed copy, and 20 were for just me to have. Um, and I and I was going through those and signing them. And as I was signing them, I was thinking these are going to be in in people's houses, like these particular copies. And that was a really strange thought because that felt very much like something being delivered from me to someone else's home and that story that I told. And particularly because I know some people who have ordered them as well to think, oh, I wonder, wonder which of these will be going to Marcus's house. Do you know what I mean? So which of these is going to whose house? Um, so th yeah, that that's a really, really interesting thought to think I've, I've put this together in, into a book and it's gonna now, that story that, I mean, it lived in my head for years. I was putting it on the page and, and, and writing that first draft and not particularly sharing it with anyone. And I was very much living in that world. Now it's all in a book and it's going to, and that world is going to be in other people's houses. And I mean, the book's about storytelling being magic, but that's magic, isn't it? A, a story being coming from your mind and going into a physical object and then going to someone's house where they'll imagine it in their mind as they read it. That's, that's magic. If ever there was magic. Yes. It, it, you know, whether you are a believer or not, I think there is there are some small magics in the world. Uh, maybe not of the Harry Potter variety you might be thinking of, but they they were definitely a form of magic. Um, but it is out there right now. Landville Mountains from Onway Press. You like I said, Reb said you can get it probably in your local bookshop. You know, have a check out of Waterstones or your your local good. Um, independent bookshop, grab a copy of it, or you can head directly over to Onway and get yourself one of those lovely signed copies. Well, that is all we've got for the Landfill Mountains, but Rab, I'm sure you have got some really interesting stuff up your sleeve. So what are you working on currently? What's next? So the next book is one called The Late Crew, and it's a bit different in that it's a middle grade book. So it's, it's for the primary school age. And it's about a group of young carers who discover a, well, an alien egg inside a school. Um, and the alien egg is, is quickly followed by aliens. And they 
take this egg and they try and protect it and, and keep it away from uh, away from the, the the bad aliens that they don't want to get it and get it back to the good aliens that they do want to get it. So it's a very fun story. Um, we'll be seeing a cover for that and stuff soonish as well. So after kind of after we've we've completed getting the landfill mountains out into the world, that's the next big project. It's a very fun one and particularly for young people to learn about young carers, I think it could be a great thing. That is actually pretty cool. It's it's lovely when you can basically, you know, you don't have to sit down and basically lecture people about, you know, um, something that thousands of young people deal with every single day as young carers. But maybe putting it into a story, you can just help give them some sense of actually like, oh, dang, that's what's going on. And obviously when you have aliens, you can always have a little bit of, I guess, that sort of Scooby-Doo-ish like mishaps in in all good middle grades to just make sure that the the story there is fun and enjoyable for them to enjoy so um that does sound like it's going to keep you very busy what with as well a wedding and the little family to keep you (laughs) on the sidelines and the launch of landfill mountains uh we'll wish you all the best and we are obviously here at the big kids book club your uh cheerleaders first and foremost so uh yes absolutely go and check that out and speaking of cheering you on here's something to cheer about because it's competition time yes it's that time of the show and we've got a really stonker of an absolute competition for you because we're not giving away one winner we have got two winners in with a chance of winning a copy of the landfill mountains the book we have just been chatting about how do you get a copy well listen up you're gonna be heading over to our twitter at big kids book club all one long lovely word and you're gonna be using the hashtag landfill comp landfill comp that is our our hashtag for this week but our quizzy question is going to be obviously for joe dreams are very big you know dreams about going to the moon or even just going to the city there's something that fuel him and you know really lend to his identity and dreams can have such a big power and we want to know what your biggest most amazing dreams are so you want to hit hit us up with those dreams tell us what you wish could come true it could be the biggest dream it could be the teeniest tiny dream but what dreams would you like to come true um rab is there a personal dream yourself that you'd love to come true oh it's a funny one for a long time it would have been having a book published i think i think now it would be so i'm getting i'm getting married um in in a couple in a month a couple of months time from now from now when we're recording and we've got a little one who's who's growing up so just for her to have a have a really nice time growing up I think I remember growing up can be quite hard so I'd say for her to have a nice time growing up would be my my dream or wish at the moment oh that does sound like a good one I can imagine a lot of people will be they dream that that coronavirus was gone that we could never see it again I think that would be a very I mean that is a good one that is a good one there's lots of like I said there are big dreams there are little dreams it could be a dream for yourself personally it could be a dream for the whole world it can does not matter we just want to know what dreams you would really like to know and have come true and not one but two of you will be winning a copy of the landfill mountains for you to also read and enjoy and have on their own on their own bookshelf on their own table stand it's going to be there in their homes rab ah how amazing is that ah. i'm thinking that's ah <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a very uh, good and I, I guess eloquent <laughs> response just like yeah hey you're the book that's been inside your brain for a couple of years is now gonna be on people's in people's homes ah yeah that's it's that's, not it's not the most rightly response i've ever had 
It's not the most language using, but it is accurately emotional. Accurate and honest, which we love. And we have loved every minute of this. But unfortunately, it's like all good stories must come to an end. But I'm not going to let you go anywhere, Rab, until our lovely listeners know how to find out more about you and obviously your book. Is there a social media or a website they can go to? So I am Rab Tales on everything. So that's um, www.rabtales.co.uk. Rab Tales on Twitter, on Instagram, and now on TikTok for my sins. Um, and it's spelled R-A-B and then Tales as in stories. Fan. Fantastic. Well, Rab, thank you so much for coming on the show, not just as my friend, but also as my author and friend. Thank you for having me, both as, as a friend and as a interviewee author person. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we'll have to get you back again once the, the late crew is up and running. And to you, lovely listeners, thank you for sticking around. Make sure to head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club to enter this fantastic competition. But you can also find more of our lovely content at our shiny new website. And that's BigKidsBookClub.com. Ooh, there we have a couple more article sort of based stuff if you prefer your uh, bookish content in a sort of more readerly form. But you'll also find all of the archives as well for our podcasts. So if you've only just found the podcast today, there is like 80 other episodes for you to get stuck into. So you are going to be more than well catered for. But that's all the time we have for this week. So thank you again for sticking around and listening to us. And until next time, all I have to say for you is to take care, to stay safe, but most importantly of all, to keep on reading. <laughs> <laughs>